Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. All right, so here we are. The culmination of this year's Trashoween. Halloween kills. Here's the thing. We don't normally do current movies, right? The the, no. th- the theme of this show, howdy, 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 movie lovers, we're giving discarded gems a second chance and proving once and for all there are no garbage opinion, garbage movies, only garbage opinions. But the, the operative phrase there is discarded gems, right? Movies that have been overlooked previously and uh, have not gotten a fair shake or deserve another look, right? Halloween Kills literally just came out. Yeah, it's and, been out and for, it is huge hit too. Like, yeah, it's an absolute monster of a hit. It is yeah. one of the most after after I watched it the first time. I've seen it twice now. After the first time I watched it, I immediately rushed to the internet to see what people were saying about it. And normally, if I like a movie, I don't do that because I don't give a fuck what anybody else has to say about it. In this case. I had such mixed feelings. I was so excited to see what everybody else was thinking. Yeah. And I was not disappointed because the hot takes on this movie are fucking out of this world. It, there is a line in the sand. You are either with this movie or you are against this movie. <laughs> well, that's weird because, like, I don't know if... what. I'm not on that line of the sand. I don't know if I'm with it or against it, or maybe I'm both at the same time. Agreed. Uh, again, I need you. I need you to back up from the microphone. Oh, sorry. You're blowing out these levels. You're awesome. gonna make the show unlistenable. <laughs> That's my plan. No, see, you're still. Can you I? Have... I no. My levels look fine on my end. There. Now it's good. Make yeah, sure it I doesn't really... go above yellow. <laughs> I'm looking at yours, and you're just out of control. No, that's you. No. Keith, I don't know what's, what 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 you're looking at, but there's actually like a warning sign next to your your, your I'll microphone be quiet. icon. Stop trolling me! You <laughs> I I still have an entry on my letterboxed. I have no idea what to put as a rating. Even after I watched it twice, I was like, "Huh," and I don't know that this will end up like my opinion for. Uh, say Terminator Genesis or Dark Fate or Alien Covenant, where over time I grew to love the the wackiness of those movies or mm-hmm. saw them in different lights. I don't know. So when I watched it the second time, I saw it in a very similar way. I was like, "Yep, getting all the same reactions and feelings and and all that." So. I don't know. I, this is a it's a fascinating scenario that's unfolding, and like I said, like the 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 absolute hot takes and the sides being chosen is, I think, a kind of a fun addition to the whole situation. Halloween kills. That's the title. So that that sets us up. Halloween kills. We're gonna we're gonna expect some killing here. So where we where do we leave off? Previously on Halloween. Well, so there's like this guy named Michael Myers. 
kills people. He's escaped from a <laughs> mental institution. Yeah. He's hunted down Laurie Strode for a final confrontation. His crazy doctor drove him to Laurie's house so they could settle their differences once and for all. Laurie has been waiting, you know, I don't know, a hundred years for him to show up. So she's turned her house into a like a, a saw style trap for to you know capture and kill him. And her and her her daughter and her granddaughter have done just that. They've managed to trap Michael in the basement and they set the house on fire and they're just gonna let him uh become charred rubble. Yeah. And that's where the previous entry of Halloween ended and we we start back up on the same night so i want to talk just briefly about the the last movie i watched the i watched 2000 halloween 2018 which is a, a direct sequel to halloween 1978 1978 2078 <laughs> uh, but it has, has the exact same title um because they ignore all the other sequels in between and which is wild because somehow Halloween Kills manages to acknowledge every single sequel <laughs> in this series, <laughs> right? I rewatched that one right, like right before I watched Halloween Kills, and I was I liked it more the second time around. I remember being pretty kind of like lukewarm on it the first time, but I also had went in with pretty high expectations. I thought the trailer for it looked rad. Uh, I was like, oh, this, this looks pretty, pretty legit. Uh, David Gordy Green is a, t- who directed it and co-wrote it is a talented filmmaker with a very like odd all over the place, um, filmography that not every one of his movies is, is, is necessarily good, but he's a talented guy. Uh, and I walked away just kind of like, eh, that was fine. I enjoyed it much more the second time. Uh, most of my criticisms remain of of what I which I won't get into the direct criticisms of it remain but I was able to enjoy the good parts a lot more partially probably because I wasn't going in with like high expectations I went into Halloween kills with virtually no expectations uh, and lo- walked away more mixed about it than I did even about the first one when I walked in with higher expectations. Like there is some things in it that are great. There's some things in it that are not great. There are some things in it that are just kind of like, huh? And those feelings occur and those moments occur seemingly all within the same shot. Not yeah. just, not just the same scene, but the same shot. It will be right. a roller coaster of that was good. That was bad. What's going on? What the fuck? And it's, and it's not just, it's all over the place. It's not just in like what's happening necessarily. At times, this movie looks great. At other times, uh, it looks like a, a TV show from, like, 2005. Like, it's really just kind of like this weird mishmash of everything. There are some, th- like you said, there's some things that are very effective in it. And other stuff where you're just, like, doesn't make any sense. Not because it's confusing in and of itself, but it makes no sense for the movie, you know, or the direction of which this series has taken yeah and obviously there's going to be some difficulties because this is the the middle movie in a already planned trilogy right right so there's always that issue of well we're doing things to get us to the next movie and it's some of it's probably going to make more sense when we get there but then a lot of it's probably going to make less sense 
what I really think to me is the biggest issue with this movie is not necessarily any individual thing that happens in it, but there's a complete lack of focus. Oh, agreed. Like, we jump around for from situation to situation with seemingly no purpose. Plot points are introduced and then instantly abandoned. Like the opening of this movie is we come upon the uh, the sheriff character from the last one who's... Hawkins. We thought, Hawkins, yeah, who we thought was killed, but apparently has just been wounded. Well, and then let it, me stop it, you right there. Okay. He was dead, and he is dead because he was stabbed in a major artery in right. his <laughs> neck with a sharp object and right. was bleeding out on the sidewalk for a significant amount of time until right. he was discovered. There is not a fucking medical explanation on earth that could keep him alive. <laughs> totally. Holy shit. Totally. From, from minute one, they lost me. <laughs> but but here's like the crazy thing. So like it starts with him like still being alive and him being like, Michael's still out there. I got I gotta be the one to kill him. And then it flash instantly flashes back to nineteen seventy eight and shows the immediate aftermath of I am convinced there was some kind of contest that I was not aware of where fans could create their own <laughs> Halloween short film and send it in to be included in this movie. Right. Because uh, what the goddamn fuck is this? flashback fan film i actually like the most of the flashback stuff i um, like the idea of this mm -hmm. and the explaining of like hawkins backstory yeah that's great i also like seeing stuff where like you're getting to see side stuff that happens that didn't you you weren't seen in the first yes the movie, same, you know, the same movie from a different angle right however here's the biggest problem with this it looks exactly like the modern movie that we're watching, except everyone has uh, anachronistic costumes. Right. It does not look like a different movie. It does not look like a different period. It doesn't look like a different place. Every, hmm. They tried. Uh, to their credit, they tried. And the level of craft they put into Michael Myers and the cop uniforms, all that stuff is great. But the way it is filmed... It doesn't look any fucking different, unfortunately. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't stick out enough as uh, a flashback for me. And, and one, one great example is when Michael attacks the cop upstairs, it immediately goes into a handheld shaky cam quick yeah. cut. You fucking can't do that shit. This, is, this exists in a vacuum of 1978, right. and you fucking blew it. You could have just wrote a checklist of stuff. Well, we here's the stuff we have to do to preserve the time period. Here's the stuff we can't do. Right. It could have been so simple, and they fucked it up. I, I agree with you. I think you were right in your assessment there. I, for me, it does not ruin the flashback. Uh, well, we'll it, get into why yeah. another, another piece of that that makes it even worse uh, in a second, but continue. To me, it's just like, I think they did a fairly good job of that, and I, I agree, like, some of the stylistic filming, like the handheld stuff, which feels like the new movie and doesn't feel like 
the original Halloween movie, which is that's what it should feel like. There are some moments where they, they also don't talk like people from that period. They're Nobody still in, talking with like modern babbling. Nobody in this movie talks like a person even remotely at any, at, no matter if we're in the present or past. Uh, the dialogue in this movie is baffling like throughout. Um, uh, but I do like that. I do like those scenes. I like the flashback scenes. The Dr. Loomis. Like okay, the, let's talk about Loomis. I fucking fell out of my seat. That was insane, the makeup. I was 1,000% convinced, unequivocally, why the fuck did they do this? Why did they do the, the de-aging, right, from from Dark Fate and from Star Wars and, and all that business? I was like, why the fuck would they do that? I hate this. It looks weird and I'm uncomfortable. And then he starts talking and he's like, what happened in there? Tell me about Michael. Has he killed again? I I just fell over. I couldn't, my brain couldn't comprehend anything what was going on. And then later on, I found out that it was makeup and my brain could comprehend it even less. <laughs> it does look yeah. incredible, but it's just so, it's so alien in this, in right. this movie. It sticks out so strangely because this movie it, it established its world. It established these boundaries and the, the aesthetic and the feel of it. And to me, L- Loomis physically standing there and moving around in it doesn't feel like real. So I thought when I, when he, when you first pops in at the, in that beginning flashback and it's just him at the bottom of the stairwell and he's in the distance, I thought for sure that it was like repurposed footage from uh, like an unused scene. Oh yeah, like they just rotoscoped it in or something like that. Right, like or some or a clip from like Halloween Four, and then because he's the, the I mean obviously the voice is slightly off. It doesn't sound exactly like Donald yeah. Pleasant. And even when I was watching that, it, the audio didn't seem to be completely syncing up. And when he was talking, when he was saying like, "Has Michael killed again?" <laughs> and I was like. And I thought, you know, like you ever seen like those bad lip reading videos where they just like <laughs> phonetically say different words. I was like, did they figure out something he could say that would match up yeah. uh, with what he was saying like that? And then later you see you get the more of the close ups and then it's obvious that it's not. I mean, one, it's just definitely not from any other yes. movie. And it has the other modern actors standing by side of them and all this stuff. And I was like, OK, it's it's makeup. It's very good makeup. But it's makeup, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was to me it was more just startling because of how much it did look like him. You know, like if they had just cast an actor that kind of looked like him, it wouldn't have been as jarring. Yes, you know, because I that I'm now is trying to figure out how they got him in the movie rather than watching the movie. It's so super distracting, and isn't yeah, it, I don't. I, I was just gonna say. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, maybe on a second watch, it wouldn't be as distracting. But, like, I was thinking about that the entire time. Like, how did they do that? Where did he come from? It's so strange because we're talking about, like, they, they put him in, they included him, which sounds like it should make everyone happy and be exciting, right? But at the same time, like, if they would have put in just a lookalike, then would we have been like, oh, why did they use a lookalike? Why didn't they just... uh you know, do a makeup or do this or right. Do that, right? Would we have complained also? I don't know. I think the solution, the the real solution is to not have included him at all. 
Right. Well, you know, in Doctor Sleep, they include this like similar looking actors or actors who can, you know, kind of grab the spirit of the first of the first, uh, you know, like uh, Scatman Crothers and Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson. I think it's mostly successful. I don't think it's distracting. Uh, I think the digital like de-aging, unless it's perfect, is always so much more distracting than just casting somebody else in the role. I agree with you on Dr. Sleep and I'm trying to like wrap my head around why I was like accepting of that. And I think maybe because there it's, it's a child's memory. It's ghosts. It's a supernatural. It like, there's all kinds of extra factors uh, that are uh, like accommodating. Right. I think also because in Dr. Sleep, those char- when we were we were introducing the flashbacks to those characters or just looking at them as ghosts trapped in their original age of the past they're actual characters in the movie and not ornamentation loomis showing up is somewhat or- or- ornamentation it's tapestry it's not essential for the story like it's cool that it's there but you could have still had these flashback scenes with Loomis not present and having it just be the cops. And if you're someone who just started watching these movies from 2018, are you going to be like, who the fuck is that? And am I supposed to care? Like you're not, you're not going to have any, almost any context he's mentioned in 2018. And I think maybe there's like a, like a photo or a newspaper image of him. Uh huh. But like, if you're just watching this in a vacuum, you're going to be, like, scratching your head about who the fuck that guy is. Well, I don't know if you can watch this in a vacuum because the the, the 2018 one is a direct sequel to the first one. So it's assuming that you at least have an awareness. Now, I think you can watch it and understand what's going on for the most part. It's like the, the plot is, is isolated enough, but... I think there's a kind of a given that if you haven't seen it, you're like, well, I'm going to miss some certain things or I'm going to have to fill in the blanks here and there. You know, I think that's just kind of a given. All right. We'll agree to disagree on that. I think there's plenty of people who are going to be like, what the, who the fuck is that guy? What the fuck is he? Well, I mean, that's, does he care? I mean, isn't that also like a personal problem? Like I watched Return of the Jedi, but I didn't watch the first two and I have no idea what's going on. And, I, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like that's—I mean, that's not—that's not the movie's problem. But that's the—that's the trouble with a like a reboot that's also kind of a sequel. Yeah, is you can you can use it as your starting point. You can like this trilogy kind of can't exist on its own. You don't have to watch the original Halloween. Yes, possibly that there's enough enough the plot is contained enough where you can understand what's happening in the movie itself but like you're still going to be missing out on uh certain character points and like i think laurie's story would feel much more shallow in the in the 2018 one if you didn't know you hadn't seen the first oh definitely and even more so in this one with the the sort of the haddonfield kids Right, the Haddonfield so, Kids Club. Uh, so I think you definitely do need need to get the full experience, regardless whether it's Loomis or. Oh, for sure. Just, I think you need to, yeah. but I think there will be a lot of people who will watch this trilogy that have never bothered to watch the original. Let's talk about the final moments of that flashback. 
Or wait, I guess we don't. One of those moments I want to talk about, we actually don't get to know until later on. But yeah, there's like the flashbacks keep happening like throughout the film. Uh, let's talk about though uh, Michael just walking out the front door into a. Oh wait, lo- hold on. Before we get to that, there was one point I want to say about about the flashback because, yeah. like, we Hawkins wakes up. He has his whole speech about how he want how he has to be the one to kill Michael. We go to this flashback, so we see how he's directly connected to Michael back in 1978, which he's mentioned, but we learn more about it, and then. You know, that's where the movie really kicks off. And then Hawkins is asleep for the rest of the movie. And this is where I'm talking about lacking focus. It sets us up immediately to think that, like, Hawkins is going to be an integral portion of this storyline and then abandons it, you know? I feel like that was intentional, too. And I feel like they did the same thing with Lori that they did with Hawkins, where it was like, ah, you think the... You think this is where it's headed and this is what's going to happen, but that's not what's going to happen. A lot of but stuff's going to happen and you're not going to be able to figure out what's going to happen next. I think it was intentional and it was unsuccessful because that literally is what happens with everything. Everything seems to be... No, and again, I feel going, like yeah. it's going to have, unfortunately, it's going to have a payoff in Halloween Ends, which is going to be the next film. I think it's going to be... It's going to be Laurie and it's going to be Hawkins and it's going to be all these other characters that uh, are set up to have a face off with Michael. Uh, They're going to get it. Well, I think, you know, you can have something where something obviously seems in a trilogy or something seems fuller when you get to the conclusion, the final chapter. But it should it still shouldn't feel shallow when you've just when you've seen the the middle chapter shouldn't feel shallow before you watch the final chapter. It just, it's still stand up on its own oh, and then sure. just, be, and then just be fleshed out and illuminated even further by the, the conclusion, you know, like if you were reading a book and you were, the middle of the book was terrible. Like you might not be inclined to finish that book to get to the big payoff. You know, this movie is like, it's like one of those claw machines, which is like, <laughs> yeah, full of prizes at the bottom. And it's just <laughs> like, how the fuck, did they decide which thing to pick first and and then they and keep then and then they also just keep they just keep dropping it too before they actually get to the bin you yeah, know yeah it never quite get there gets there but yes now yeah. you want to so talk they, about they the... play uh they play the the speed hostage game it's like pop quiz asshole uh michael right. myers has your apart partner by the throat uh and you've got a, a gun aimed at their heads uh what do you do and yeah, he shoots the hostage but we're the hostage and then michael just sort of like wanders out of the house Mm-hmm. Well, strangely enough, and then out the front door into a crowd of police officers, uh, and just stands there. Uh, That's a it's a good scene. It's a good scene. I like. Here's the thing: is I like the the callback of because they do the the crane shot pulling out of him standing mm-hmm. there in the yard, exactly like when he was a kid and committed yeah. the first murder. Right? I like that right. callback. That one of many callbacks in this. Movie. Oh my god! So many. Holy shit! Uh, however, I did not need to see him get captured. I did not care about that. I know lots of people were like, well, how did he get captured? Like, what did what happened? What did that look like? Oh, you mean in the flashback? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did not, had no interest in ever seeing that. I loved that he was already in the asylum uh, mm-hmm. on the fucking checkerboard with all the other crazies, and uh, I was perfectly fine just wondering 
how he got captured. I didn't, right. didn't need to see this. I, sure. Yeah. I mean, I could go to gone either way. I, for me, it's weird because the flashback scenes are probably my favorite parts of the movie overall. Here's like, where the like, flashbacks went bad. I'm going to tell you right now. Here's where the flashbacks mm-hmm. went bad. When we go to the open mic night in Haddonfield featuring uh, Tommy Wallace or Tommy, wait, Doyle. Do- Tommy Doyle, little Lindsay Wallace, and uh, the smoking nurse, they have flashbacks. Those flashbacks are not the same as this flashback, right? right. This, this flashback was filmed separately with the intention of, of you know, mimicking the Halloween from 1978. And they have flashbacks to the actual These Halloween. These flashbacks are from the fucking movie. And are totally not necessary. They're from, yeah, it's like, hey, remember this? This is who this is, and this is who this is. They're from the fucking movie. You cannot, if you're going to have flashbacks look one way and be filmed one way and in the the context of this universe, you can't show fucking flashbacks from a different movie. The previous memories and the look and everything is going to look this way. Shoot it super close and super tight. Tweak it. I don't give a fuck. Use different people. What the fuck, man? That's horseshit. I guess that, we also should have cheap. I I don't often get like personally slighted by movies, but that was a personal slight. Like fuck that shit. That's garbage. Yeah, it was. I didn't like. I don't. I don't feel as uh, passionate about about it as you. But I agree. But I agree with you that that was just not necessarily the, the wisest choice, and it was completely unnecessary to include those particular. Uh, flashbacks to the actual original movie so probably just shouldn't have done it i just fucking uh, cackled i was like i cannot believe this i could I not guess believe we should, that shit we should have also mentioned you know beforehand that spoilers will be a poppin in this discussion every so, moment of this movie is a spoiler for this yeah exactly you're you're absolutely right yeah it's insanity i'm already on like an emotional roller coaster like like i i said like if from scene to scene like there's stuff that's great and stuff that's awful and stuff that's confusing it's wild what's the craziest thing for me about the whole movie overall was i don't think this is a good movie like i think it's like a poorly made movie not poorly made individual scenes sometimes poorly made individual scenes but it's a not a cohesive good movie that being said i was not bored at all when i watched this the more i think about it the more fascinated i am by it and I will probably watch this like again, just as this like a curiosity piece, you know. At its core, it is a thrilling, exciting movie. I did the fucking edge of the seat deal, like on my couch as I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" And when it was over, I was like, I was still kind of buzzing from it, uh, regardless of whether I, you know, dislike because there's so much that I liked and disliked about it. Right, but. It was genuinely scary in a lot of scenes. It was genuinely thrilling in a lot of scenes. And it was genuinely engaging, uh, for better or for worse. It had all the juice. I think we can all agree that that firefighter scene, the scene of Michael escaping from Lori's house, is going to be an all-timer. The way the way it's the shot of him coming out of the house and there's the smoke and there's the water coming down over him and just the brutality of it. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, like it's a magic. It's what I meant. You know, like Halloween four, 
where you just see the aftermath of the police station. Yes. It's what I imagined that police station massacre like. You know what I mean? So we get to see... And I love and I love in Halloween Four that we don't see the massacre. You know that we just see the a- oh yeah, it probably would not have been good because none of the the action or too many of the kills are all that great in Halloween Four. You're 100 percent right. right. It's way more interesting to uh, come upon the the aftermath and be right. like, holy shit, what happened here? But in this case, it was executed so well. Right. The, the shots through the firefighter mass and like mm-hmm. the silhouettes against the fire. It ah, man was. There's enough like stuff like this, and there's enough like nonsense in the movie as a whole that like I am excited for Halloween Kills. Yes, regardless of whether it's going to be good or not. Oh, you mean Halloween Ends? That's what I mean. Halloween Ends, regardless yeah, yeah. of whether it's going to be good and good or not. So, like, I guess you could say that like there's something to be said for that, regardless. Now, is that serendipity? Like, they they had this mismatch of like different shit. And it could have gone to a point where I was just didn't care if like the ingredients have been tweaked slightly one way or the other, or is there enough talent going on in this bonkers uh, like grab bag that it, it, it's some sort of like unintentional or or intentional like uh, kaleidoscope of nonsense that just w- looks beautiful and works kaleidoscope is such a perfect analogy because they did literally everything right like every possible choice you could make was was done here i have no idea no earthly like conception of what they could possibly do in halloween kill or halloween ends well that's the thing it's like yes every choice does does michael myers is he a human or is he supernatural both uh is michael myers have motivation or no motivation both like you know like they don't they can't decide yeah and particularly like you're watching the last film you know the the halloween um 2018 that ignores every sequel and picks you know even halloween 2 and they do such like uh like deliberate job to try and get into your mind like forget all that supernatural stuff that came up later in some of the sequels you know forget all of that michael myers is just a guy he's an evil guy he's an, he, like he is pure evil but he's a human being and this is set in a physical world and then in this one uh, that goes out the window and like literally they talk about how he is not human and how he is a manifestation of evil and we can't kill him because every time you hurt him he becomes physically stronger so it transcends he's he's like it goes full bore into this supernatural concept of of him by the end while still trying to be not supernatural what does hawkins what does hawkins say about it he says he's a six-year-old boy with the strength of a man and the mind of an animal yeah. But then in that same conversation, Lori says the more he kills, the more he transcends. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you can't decide if But they're he's... not somehow they're not arguing. <laughs> right. Right. It's insanity. And this oh my god, like it's such a weird movie. It's strange. I really did like the uh uh when we go to the bar uh, for the open mic, and you've got the this little group, this little support group of uh, 
Tommy and Lindsay and the nurse, and they're just hanging out at an open mic. And oh, I think Lonnie's there too, Lonnie Elam. Yeah. And uh, for I don't I don't understand the uh, when Lonnie calls Tommy up to the stage, like what the fuck he's talking about or why he calls him up. Because it seems like it's a talent show and it seems like he's calling him up to do something funny. And instead he gets up there and, you know, he tells the story of the the Haddonfield boogeyman. But I do really like that scene. I like them kind of hanging out together and they've formed this little group together of survivors. And uh, I think all of that is great. I like the way he tells the story and talks about the effect that the events have had on the town. It's very real and grounding. Mm -hmm. And then they follow that up with going to the hospital and you get some very real uh, sort of consequences uh, when we get to the hospital, like Judy Greer and her daughter, they both have uh, breakdowns. Like they do the deal. She goes into the room and closes the blinds and starts sobbing uncontrollably. And you get that great shot moving past the, the fogged up glass. And, and then we go into uh, surgery where they're fucking stapling uh, Laurie Strode back together. And yeah. like, where you sit with it for a while and you hear the muffled voices of the, the surgeons. It's like, this isn't a fucking like playtime. This is, you know, this old lady is like getting sewn back together because she got ripped apart by a serial killer. Like this right. is no joke. And the daughter's sitting on the stairwell and all that stuff is great. Like that, that stuff really kind of uh, like hit me. I, like, I was very impressed with all of that stuff. It doesn't last long, though. Right. <laughs> See, conceptually, like, conceptually, I feel like I feel the way you feel about the flashbacks, where it's like, okay, it's a good idea, execution, not so much, is the way I feel about a lot of that stuff. Like, I like the idea of these guys who are these survivors of the of 1978 getting together every Halloween. Um, you know... But I don't like the execution yeah. so much. I don't. I don't like my Anthony Michael Hall in this movie. No, I think he does a pretty not great job. Uh, I think that there's an inconsistency with, uh, as there's an inconsistency with everything, but the inconsistencies with the mob that he creates and himself, they don't. To me, they don't add to the the the, the wacky mishmash. They're just kind of like not good. Like. The way the mob is like, I mean, obviously we'll talk more about this later. The mob that he creates is, becomes responsible for the death of an innocent person, but then is kind of like the heroes at the end of the movie. Well, innocent is kind of relative. That that guy was still locked up for a reason. Yeah, but he's like, I mean, he is like genuinely like criminally insane and not in not in control of his own functions type yeah, of thing. He is not just because he escaped uh, and is crawling around town. He is not the man that they are looking for. So right. in, in that sense, he is, yes, he is obviously wrongfully. And I have genuine sympathy. I mean, I think that's one of that, that scene uh, where he, you know, throws himself out of the window to escape them. Like I like felt for that dude, like that, like the crazy umbrella man. Uh, yeah, that whole sequence was really well done. Yeah, but and then also the, what doesn't work for me like at all is like when he's going around to like gather people for his mob, he's just like stopping at gas stations his, <laughs> and, be, and be like, "We need some good people. We need some good people from this gas station." People, you know? <laughs> people who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. Everybody else yeah. go home. 
Yeah. And it's just like the he gathers like what the would kind you do of speeches if, that if someone rolled up to you and said that stuff to you, you'd be like, uh, hold on, I'm going to need more context and explanation. Like, Or I'd just be like, go away. He, he does some kind of goofy speech where he's like talking like military strategy. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he's going to think you're going one place, but then you pop up in the other. And I'm like, what the fuck are you <laughs> <Yeah>. talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you going to go hide in a trash can and wait for him to just walk <laughs> down the street? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's too, like, and then he, the movie can't decide if he's a good guy or a bad guy. You know, it's like, and you could do it either way. You could have him be, like, this guy haunted by trauma to the point that he does bad things, you know, and you feel sympathy for him. Or you could have him be, like, a legitimate hero of the movie. Uh, but it does neither, and he's he's genuinely unlikable and not unlikable like you can have characters that are unlikable uh you can have that to the other characters in the movie but I, he just bothers me when he just when comes he's on off the screen. as like incompetent as if he's like yeah and i i think it there's like one or two moments where i think it actually worked where he came off as sort of this just kind of like a lost child i agree that it, it does happen here and there but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't sort of fully realized well enough that you're like it's satisfying in any way. And he's definitely going to be in the next one. Too, I think. So it's oh gonna... yeah, I don't think he is. I he has to be. Uh, did you watch the end of the movie? Wait, does he die? Yeah, he, he gets his fucking head smashed in with a baseball bat in that very dreamlike sequence. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I would, yeah, the that scene where Michael puts the uh, uh, after he gets beat down by the mob and then he gets back up and murders everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Tommy's the last to die. But okay, like I said, that whole sequence was strange and felt like a dream to me, and I was like, oh. Is Michael actually just like still down with the knife in his back and just like imagining, like fantasizing about killing everybody? I don't think so. I couldn't tell. But it, it is was just, it is weird. Yeah, it was filmed in a string, and I know they were using the like the the vehicle lights to kind of light it, and it looks cool. But it, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was like I got the sense that like it might not be reality because reality. Uh, is filmed in a different way, but maybe this was sort of his, like Michael's rage mode or something, where he was like interpreting reality differently. I don't know. It's but weird. I mean, think, but think about this too. To my point of how much his character detracts and doesn't work from the movie. In the movie, I didn't even remember that he got killed. Right. It was that. It was that insignificant. It was that irrelevant to the story. To like, I I didn't care about him. I just wanted him to stop being on the screen. And when he was, uh, it was I, I. It didn't even strike me. It's like, oh yeah, what happened? Why did he go away? Like, oh, he got his head bashed in. Didn't even realize. Yeah. You know? His only real little like decent moment was when he goes outside, uh, to see if Michael Myers is in the car. Even that struck me as a little too like. If they played him up as being like drunker at yeah. that moment, you know what I mean? Like, like he he just comes across as like a superhero too much. And I and obviously there's that type of dude, you know, like who's like the tough guy who's like, you know, like I'll go check it out and like puts himself in like genuine harm's way because he thinks he's tougher than he is. But he, 
they didn't sell me that about him when he first shows up to tell his story. He's talk, he's he tells a story as if you know he's just a regular guy who you know had this experience with these other people, and you know he's not portraying himself as I don't know. It's he doesn't work. He doesn't work for me, and no. he also he also has too much. When we talked about callbacks and dialogue that like reference it, that that's ninety nine percent of how he talks. You know, when he starts the evil dies tonight chant and like all this, you know, all this stuff. Like he he seems just like a walking reference. Yeah, I wish he had. Um, like you got more of a sense of what his life was like now. Yeah. Right versus him just hanging around with these other other kids and and then grabbing a baseball bat and kind of marching because he really does like he does like this sort of pretzel shaped loop around the story and never it's not like a progression into something yeah. like there's no momentum towards anything i i much would rather would have seen him like sort of puff up his chest and be like yes i'm i'm going to take ownership of my 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 trauma and my past and i'm going to like stomp it out and and i'm gonna conquer it and then maybe fail yeah uh like you know from a physical shortcoming or like lonnie right he he sort of puffs up his chest and is a hard ass and then when it comes time to fucking face his fear he cowers and like right lose and, and i thought that that actually worked a lot better and he gets so a lot much less better screen time and much less to do but he gets his he, he, he's completely he's, realized yeah exactly and he's also comes off sympathetic too because mm-hmm. he he does it so that he can you know protect his son and uh you know he still remembers that night that he had an encounter with michael myers and uh it's like it's like lonnie got what um tommy should have gotten uh, yeah and also like we have the in in the the new flashback scenes we see Lonnie, right? So we have a more direct connect loop. We don't actually, fl- we see like a snippet, like in those, like you said, when they go back to the original movie of Tommy, but we don't really ha- have that full like arc. He just kind of just like, yeah, I was there, you know? And we're just, we just, we're just supposed to, ex- you know, take that for granted, you know? Yeah. That I will say from that flashback scene, I did appreciate that they got some like pretty ugly kids. Yeah, <laughs> to totally. be like seventies kids. I was yeah. like, "Well, this feels more authentic." Like, yeah, well not done. instead of like Thank super you. cute kids. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they were like real, like goofy looking. I was like, "Thank God, more of that, please." Mm-hmm. And I, I, I understand what they were trying to do with him, and uh, you know, in particular, how he's like, how he creates this mob, and the mob does all this bad stuff, and there's there's moments there where it works conceptually. Uh, it's just him. As a character, like I said, you can have a character who's a bad guy who's engaging or sympathetic or whatever, you know, whatever. And he's not even like overtly a bad guy. He's just careless. No, but he Um, also doesn't. I don't buy him as someone who can sort of like rally people behind exactly influence them and things like that. There's nothing established or or hinted at or shown to me as a viewer that says, here's a guy who can get people to follow him. He, yeah, exactly. He strikes me as a guy, like the way his character is written and behaves, he strikes me as a guy who would have been at the Capitol, uh, January 6th Capitol riot. 
but he wouldn't have been the first person to go through the door, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been much closer to, like, I would have seen him more as, like, a recluse or, like, yeah, something like, somebody that's like, oh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, that, that Tommy kid, more like in Halloween 6, where he's like, there's that Tommy kid. He's a real weirdo. Some scary shit happened to him when he was a kid. I mean, which, and then you take that into account, what you just said. Like, we've already seen an older Tommy Doyle in Halloween 6, which is an equal, like, which is even a, even more ridiculous of a movie, you know? But the, 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 the realization of Tommy's character makes a lot more sense. Yeah, definitely. Where here he's just kind of like, like, you expect him, he's just kind of like, at, t- at moments he seems like an okay guy and other times he seems like a complete asshole you expect him to throw on Amer- and a make america great again hat at some point and he never does you know maybe that would have worked better if like there had been like more like genuine snippets of toxic behavior from him you know instead of instead well but there are though so i don't know well like, overall here's what i think uh, my one of my biggest issues with this movie is is rather than showing us things showing us characters showing us story just showing things everyone's talking right they're talking and talking halloween 2018 they're like Lori's a recluse here's her crazy house with the floodlights and all the locks on her doors and here's her in the backyard doing target practice with mannequins they show us Right, they don't tell us. You're 100 percent right. And it breathes, right? And we understand. And the same thing, you know. There's plenty of other scenes in that movie that that do a great job. Um, there, there's exposition, right? The kids walking down the street talking about, you know, Michael Myers murders and Halloween and what it it's like in the town and shit like that. And that's fine. But in this movie, there's literally, I mean, the the scene where. Um, the three kids with the Halloween three masks are at the park eating candy is a perfect mm-hmm. example. Lin- they, the, the car full of people pulls up and Lindsay is like, what are those kids doing? She walks over. She's like, kids, what are you doing? And they're like, we're eating candy. It's Halloween. Right. Duh. I'm like, yeah, duh. It's fucking obvious what you're doing. And then instead of showing Michael Myers uh, following them to create a suspenseful scene, the fucking kids say there's a guy in a mask following us. He's playing hide and seek. And it's just that that is pervasive throughout the movie. Everyone mm-hmm. has so much shit to say. And I would much rather be looking at the shit. And coupled with with that is there's so many shots of Michael Myers just walking like it's a fucking Friday the 13th sequel. He's just walking yeah. and walking from here, walking from there. Cut from a victim back to his face, back to the victim, back to his face again, again, right. again. And I was just like, please stop. Yeah. You're right. Nothing's organic. It's not organic. And maybe that would have made Tommy a more sympathetic or more believable character if his mob formed more organically. But Show me almost- his daily life. Right. What is but it like when he gets up in the morning? Where does he go during the day? Like, yeah. just spend a little time. Put a little music over it and just show me a little montage of his modern life and then end it at uh, the fucking uh, open mic where he tells the story. What if he's just a fucking janitor somewhere and like all he has, like he can't wait to get off work and go meet his trauma friends. Exactly. Because now he just kind of seems like the type of guy who like would roll up and be like, you're joining this mob with me. And like, no, I'm not like, yo, and pulls you into the car, you know, and forces you to 
to go with him. It, it makes so it makes the mob seem less believable as well. That's why I'm saying like I don't buy those scenes where he like stops at gas stations and is like, "Come on, guys, there's strength in numbers," you know. Okay, so what if he's uh his backstory could have been he's like a fucking grief counselor or he uh works uh, uh in like AA. Oh my god, these are all. All better solutions to like how he gets from point A to point B. I mean, obviously, this is an afterthought. Like looking back right. at a complete movie and being able right. to kind of like shoehorn things in. So, uh, I mean, also maybe, frankly, a different actor could have sold it better. Yeah, it could have been the same script, and because he's just playing it like he's playing it like a like the stooge. He's he, like he's the the bad guy's sidekick, and like th- that's your point. Like you don't buy him as someone who's charismatic enough to rally people around him and churn them into this bloodthirsty mob you know i will say that he does like slide into that slot when he interacts with laurie at the hospital he very much feels like he's like trying to uh impress her or like like he owes her something or you know what i mean i actually Mm -hmm. i thought that scene was kind of interesting but it doesn't, you don't get enough out of it. And, you know, it's interesting, like, they didn't show much of that relationship. Like, they're toasting to Lori at the bar. But, like, yeah. you don't get a sense that they all, like, spend time together. Uh, which maybe that's, you know, as a result of Lori being such a recluse. But at the same time, it would make more sense that she would want to be around these people. Or at least, at least, uh, like, when they reconnect, you know, like maybe she's a recluse and doesn't want to be around them. But then when she reconnects with Tommy, it's more emotional because not only was she the woman who saved him on Halloween, it's happening again, you know? Yeah. And so they haven't, maybe they haven't seen each other for, you know, 15 or 20 years. Or like, you know, they maybe nodded at each other at the, at the grocery store, but that's about it, you know? Yeah. Cause they can't, you know, it's it's like too difficult to. I mean, also there's a huge age difference. Well, I guess there's not a huge age difference when they at the time the age gap would have been significant. But well, she was like what a teenager, like maybe sixteen or seventeen, and he was like eight, eight and ten. Yeah. So I mean, like that's like net, that's as adults, that's not a big difference. No. You know, work. I'll tell you what I did like is one of the first big scares of the movie. Michael wanders into Lori's neighbor's house. That stupid fucking drone sequence where they're they're playing with a drone in the house and it goes into the bathroom and then he throws it out or whatever or it bounces off him, whatever it does. And they're like, holy shit, is someone in there? The fucking man walks into the bathroom and flips on the light and Michael's there and immediately fucking punches the light out. I jumped about 10 feet out of my goddamn couch. That was, That's and it scene, worked pretty well the second time. That scene is so effective in, like you said, like in that way it's shot and stuff like that. Also, it's effective in like, I genuinely cared about those two characters. For the few seconds they're on screen, they're, they have established personalities, you know, connection to each other, more so than character, like main characters in the movie that we spend significant amount of time with. Like, I cared more about the outcome to them than so many other characters. Like, yeah, they're like, just good little neighbor characters. Yeah, and he's when he's just he's like, he's like, hey, you want to drink this wine and eat some Cheez Its? I'm like, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, you found it very relatable. <laughs> Drinking this wine and eat Cheez Its? That's, that's fucking great. 
here's here's though unfortunately here's another example of uh what i'm saying when i i tell you that like in this the same sequence in scenes uh things can go from great to uh head scratching because i really liked that scare the kill however with the light tube in the neck i thought that was actually a little gratuitous i was like this is a bit much it doesn't seem I will say this with all about with multiple kills or the way Michael Myers Michael Myers sorry kills in this movie and the last one are out of character from Michael Myers in any other movie. Yes. You know, in 2018 at least there was a just a different pace to everything. It was less sort of frantic and actiony and more like sort of singular singularly brutal. Right, for example, when he steps on that cop. Uh, wait, whose head does he crush with his boot? Is it the doctor? It's a cop. No, it's a cop. Well, it, no, or was it the doctor? I think it was the doctor. It's the doctor. Yeah, yeah, because he 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 kicks him from the back seat, uh, and then when he gets out of the car, then he's like he's like Michael, say something, and then he just steps on his head. Yeah, that's brutal. But it was very like it had like a pace to it, and like it breathed and there was like lighting and like all this stuff versus he stabs her with the goddamn light tube. Then he stabs her husband with the knife. Then even though I think this is like a funny kill and a, 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 a funny idea, he goes over to the magnetic strip on the wall with the entire set of knives. Yeah. He pulls them off one by one and s- stabs them into his body. That was like, like I said, it's a fun idea, but here in this movie, and as far as Michael Myers is concerned, like, why? Yeah, there, there is. I, I don't know that anyone could ex- give me a any sort of reason. Well, the way the, Michael Myers, the as a character, from his inception, has, you know, it's funny because he's like, oh, he's a being of pure evil and whatever and he has doesn't have any thoughts and he's uh, you know the way Loomis talks about him he himself seems to have a, a sense of humor about his own murders you know in the first one he, he you know he, he pretends to be a ghost he puts on the ghost costume uh, but he kills to make people dead yes but he also he does do stuff where he like sometimes positions people after he's killed them right you know like he he admires his work he he kills people he kills people to make them dead but he doesn't kill just quickly unless someone is in his way or they have something that he needs and that's the perfect uh, uh explanation of why the all the knives don't make any sense there's nothing theatrical or ritualistic about it there's nothing sort of quirky it's just right. sort of like it's just brutal. Yeah, it's just sort of it's like something more like uh, uh, sort of a feral, out of control type uh, killer would do. Right, just like in the, screaming and yelling and not in hiding the, in the shadows. In the first one, he like pretty much selects his victims throughout the day, and then just at night makes a little checklist. I'm talking about the very first one, the 78. Yeah. And it's very you know, efficient and thorough. And then anyone else that he kills that wasn't on that checklist is just someone who was, you know, in his way at any, at any given moment. One of the most out of characteristic things I've seen him do in the in these new ones 
is I think he's like his he his first kill after he dons the mask in the 2018 one is he just walks into someone's house, walks up behind them, stabs them in the back of the neck, and instantly walks out. Mm-hmm. You know, which that's not how he kills people. He toys with them in in a way, or just like lurks around, like the scene. While you were right about how the that one scene where the kids were like, oh, there's that guy playing hide and, hide and seek with us. They explained too much, but that was very in character for Michael Myers. Just kind of like watch these kids for a while. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go kill them eventually. But, but like, let's not just in what- this movie, right? You get, In the previous movie, you got that great scene with the, the drunk kid and the floodlights. Like yeah. the motion uh, sensor coming on, right? Right. Very suspenseful. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And you see none of that here. And he's and the kid's talking to him, and he's like, because he, the kid thinks he's like the old guy who lives at that house. And he's like, sorry, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. And Michaels is just sitting there standing, waiting for him to f- finish talking. And then he starts fucking with him. Yeah, he's just like, he's just a, 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 an animal of brutality in this one. Yeah. And it, I, I will say at least it's consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. Because I think then maybe there was a conceptual reason for it, but I wasn't I wasn't into it. I was definitely on a roller coaster of some kills I liked, some I didn't. Yeah, some worked, some didn't. Um, and yeah, that, that, that specifically well, I mean, those the neighbors didn't work for me after such a great scare. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you when you just said like gratuitous. I think we always look at gratuitous as the amount of violence, and I don't think that that's what it is. It's the depiction of or the why of the violence yeah and truly in that scene with it exists solely to be violent for violence sakes or to be brutal where there's things that are just as violent that happen in other portions of this movie or other movies that involve michael myers they're just as graphic but seem to have a, a a more more of a purpose in the context of the story Exactly. And maybe it is like the the idea of, you know, he's he's upset from being trapped in the house and them trying to burn him alive. And, um, you know, so he's angry at everyone and he just wants to go home and be alone. I don't know. Uh, I will say, though, it made me laugh every time he left his fucking Ninja Turtle hand uh, handprint of blood. Yeah, on the wall with his three fingers. I cracked mm-hmm. up every time that happened. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Um, do you want to to? Oh, you know what? There is another thing from that scene that I wanted to mention uh, specifically for you. Did you catch the Terminator reference in that per, in that in that specific scene with yeah, the, when he, the couple? He, he crushes the drone with his boot. Oh yeah, just that like was the uh, straight up the Terminator shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of either the uh Are you talking about like when the Terminator drives over the truck with the with the, with the car? Not that. The toy the toy car. Uh it's the um it was he drives over the the toy in Terminator 1, but then in There's Terminator, something in or 2 there's something. Yeah, I know what Terminator you're talking. 2 he steps on the roses when he first finds John Connor. Are you talking about Arnold stepping on it or Robert Patrick? Arnold. There's something Robert Patrick steps on something as well. Oh, man. What if I'm totally wrong about that? I swear the fucking God I was like, that's the Terminator shot. I think you're right. I can't put my finger on it, but I think you are correct that there's something. Because I think there's a scene where like Robert Patrick steps on something and then kind of looks down and goes like, ah, whatever. When they're at the asylum, 
uh, or the the Pes- Pescadero State Hospital, I think he steps on Arnold's sunglasses. Maybe you're right. Yeah, think, that wow, seems right. Look how many of those fucking shots there? <laughs> so we talked about like the stuff that really doesn't work. What parts do you really like? Here's something that I and it's kind of a minor detail, but I really loved that the police were always like three steps behind uh, the live events. Yes. Does that make sense? Like yes. As um, Lori is on her way to the hospital in the back of that truck, right? Because the events of the first have already happened. The police haven't even gotten to her house to find the dead bodies of all the firefighters. Right. Yeah. And so then I forget what, at what point in the movie we come upon it. But the, the new the replacement sheriff uh, is at the, the house. Uh, looking at the bodies of the the firefighters and he's like we got a massacre on our hands but like the movie has already like michael myers is already like three blocks away from his house Mm -hmm. and i love that and then they finally get to the hospital um and it's already too late right everything's out of control and then you get that great shot of him sitting on the stairwell dejected he's like i fucking like have lost the the reins on this entire town i don't know what the fuck to do Absolutely. I was going to say, like, while I, the formation of the mob, you know, in, in Tommy Doyle's, like, crusade around town uh, doesn't work, that scene where the mob actually goes apeshit in the, in the hospital and where, like, all, like you said, all control is lost and, like, he's trying to get the reins on it and, like, just, like you said, just sitting there and being like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Is so good. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah, and I think that's a credit to, you know, we've seen so many movies where, you know, the police are like just one step behind and, uh, you know, eventually they catch up. And instead of that happening, we see a very real portrayal of, you know, things working a lot slower than the, the events that are actually unfolding in real time. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought it was just well executed uh, across the board. And I had to explain it to somebody uh, one time previously, and as I was explaining it, like it got me even more excited because I was like, they did a, like a pretty good job doing that. Like, and that's cool. And it also helps establish why no one can find Michael, why he's mm-hmm. even though he's like more louder and destructive than he's ever been, and yet they still can't catch up to him. And right. I, I appreciate it. I was like, there's lots of good reasons why they're not finding him in previous movies. It was because he was just sort of gliding around like a, a fucking ghost and mm-hmm. you know, slipping in between, uh, you know, alleys and, and shadows and things like that. But here it's because uh, just chaos and amidst the chaos, he's able to just do whatever he wants. So that's pretty good. It yeah, also I... gave the sheriff, I think that was a pretty good payoff because he had such a presence in Halloween 2018. I thought, wow, this guy's going to be important later on, I bet. Like, he's going to he Yeah, but he wasn't really, yeah, he was just kind of like there. He, he's going to do something cool. And yeah, he was just sort of hanging around in the back. And then when he finally got put in charge, like, things, things, I don't know if this is a payoff, but there's that quote when uh, they're covering up Hawkins' accident and his. Mm-hmm his commanding officer is like, um, just because you have the best intentions doesn't mean things are always going to work out. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. 
So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, even though that's not like anything super huge. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that scene is one of the most effective in the whole in the whole movie. And like I said, like I was genuinely feeling for the other crazy guy who's not a completely innocent character, but I the, it developed real sympathy for 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 him in me. Definitely, I think that's definitely probably the the best singular sequence what else do i like about it i like i like the 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 insanity of it where nothing makes any sense yeah what did you think of this notion that uh the the characters at one point are arguing about michael's motivation and it uh i can't remember who says it maybe it's hawkins or maybe somebody else but they're like it's not (laughs) he says this to Lori. he's like it's not about you because Lori is convinced, and I think Lori's daughter as well, uh, Judy Greer, they're convinced that Michael is coming to the hospital to find her. Right. And it's all I, about her. Like, she's significant. And Hawkins is like, he's like, no, it was the doctor who dropped him off in front of your I, house. I like it. I wish the concept had been introduced a little bit earlier because I think it would have created more gravitas. Um. And then we get Lonnie, Lonnie Elam, underrated MVP of the movie. He's got the map and he's like, look, he's headed in a straight line. He's going home. Right. I mean, so I like it being not necessarily about like that over the years, Laurie has cooked up this idea of they have this connection and blah, 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 blah. I like that. I don't necessarily like the idea of like the, the whole time Michael Myers is just trying to get back home. Yeah. It's just like, like, well, why did he kill someone? If all his only desire is to be at home, why did he kill someone in the first place? Why is he killing anybody? You yeah, know? he did not have to. That was actually when the first time I watched it, I audibly shouted out loud. I was like, why are you killing all of these people? <laughs> yeah. there's If it is indeed his mission to just go home, he could have just fucking cruised on down the street. Right. Like, no problem. It's very, very odd. And I hope that when the motivation is finally revealed, as I I think it will be, I don't think they're going to leave it open-ended. I hope it's either something that makes sense or is completely insane. I hope that in the next movie, it just fully goes to the absolute edges of sanity. Like I hope a gateway to hell opens up in the bottom of his house, <laughs> you know, and a, and a, and some sort of like Celtic demon waltzes out where it's like, you thought we were going to ignore all the wacky shit that happened, in all the sequels. Like, no, we're going to double down on it. Hardcore. Cause like you said, this is a movie that ignores all the sequels, but somehow references every single one of them in it. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, uh, Sheriff Brackett, even though he was in the first Halloween, he was also in Halloween 2. The masks Mm -hmm. from Halloween 3 make an appearance. Right. Um, What else? There's tons of crazy shit. I mean, just lines and stuff. I mean, that's... Oh, the empty gun. The fucking empty gun. I forgot about that. So when the the nurse from Halloween and Halloween two is Mm -hmm. she's trapped in a car, uh, being attacked by Michael and she stops, uh, as he opens the door and says, this is for Dr. Loomis. 
and then she pulls the trigger on her gun and it's just like two or three clicks she's out of bullets yeah. just like at the end the climax of halloween 2 when loomis oh, is yeah. like ready to he's ready to uh strike the final blow on michael and he just is his gun's empty and he gets stabbed in the stomach mm-hmm. which i kind of thought that was fun but um that's just one of one of many. I mean, let's talk about though the the goddamn uh, Myers house for a second. It has some new owners. Yeah, uh, Tom Waits and uh, Michael McDonald from <laughs> Mad TV. <laughs> I wish it really was Tom Waits. <laughs> I thought it was. I was like, I know that guy, and I had to look it up. But I was like, holy shit. That would be amazing. I did like his energy, though. The fact that he's just upstairs listening to, like, old-timey spooky records. I was like, well, this is cool. This is great. Yeah, that's... I like them, but they've seemed, like, very out of place in the movie. Yeah. You know? that They like, definitely have... Remember when they first announced that Danny McBride was going to be writing the new Halloween Right. Movie? They feel oh, like the f- Danny McBride yes. wrote them. Absolutely. Like every time there's comedy in both of the movies, it seems ira- like like in the like in to the 2018 one where the cop is trying to explain a bond what a bond me is to his <laughs> partner. Like, is it, in a vacuum is that a bad scene? No. Is it a bad scene in this movie? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those guys are those two characters, Big John and Little John. uh, in this in this one are lovable guys they're great characters they are so out of place in this movie you know based on the rest of the tone of the film yes i hate of all the references and callbacks i hate that one the most where he goes uh michael you've come home like i wouldn't say that right before michael is about to kill me you know particularly if i don't have a a personal established history with him you know he delivers that line in such a way too that makes me think that I'm supposed to know who he is. Right. Exactly. He seems like someone who has personal connection to him. Like if Lori said that, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. And he says it in a way that just makes you think that he is more than just the guy who moved into the Myers house because they seem to think that it's like kitschy and fun. They don't have any qualms about it and they don't have any... A feeling of imminent danger but then it's like, when he says that it seems like maybe he th- wanted this to happen or mm-hmm. i don't know it's very strange it seems like they, they were happy they got a great deal on the place because it probably sold cheap oh yeah you know so absolutely i um, do like out of that whole setup though i do like the structure of they have the gag where the kids pull the prank with the razor blade and it gets them out of the house. Yes, yeah. But then they do the gag where the door closes, and they're like, did someone just go in our house? Mm -hmm. Like, to me, that's always, like, going to be scary. Like, when a door closes and a character turns and is like, is someone inside our house? That'll always be scary. But I love that they did a fake out here, and that the next time that it happens, it has a lot of weight to it. Yes. Like I thought it was a pretty pretty suspenseful thing. And then the way they handle it with them locking the door and the one John says he's like I have this knife. And then the other one is like I have this knife. 
and then they go hunting. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? This is mm-hmm. not, if someone gave me this setup and was like, how do you think this scene's going to play out? That's not at all how I thought it would play out. And I really liked it. But mm-hmm. I did think, again, that when they said those lines, they were so like, they stuck out in such a strange way. I was like, am I supposed to know what this means? Like, yeah, like they seem like they have, like, like oh, they come across as these goofy guys, but then it turns out that they're uh, uh, slasher killer st- like hunters, you know? Yeah. Like, like we already took out Jason Voorhees and uh, Freddy Cougar, and now we're taking out Michael Myers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems, it's odd. It's very odd. And then I started trying to, like, rack my brain. The only thing I could come up with is that line is from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre when uh, the hitchhiker is in the van and mm-hmm. he's like, he pulls out the straight razor and he's like, I have this knife. It's a good knife. And that's it. That's all yeah, I could come up with. I guess. So I don't know. That seems yeah. like pretty, pretty loose, but yeah. Can we talk about the single worst line in the entire movie? I don't know how you picked, but the worst one, it's right after the mob chases a uh, crazy umbrella man out of the window and he like falls and splatters into a million pieces. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the old cop from the first one looks and he looks at the like, mangled corpse and looks up and goes, and now Michael Myers is turning us into monsters <laughs> oh, <laughs> or he's making monsters out of all of us. <laughs> he also has another really bad line too, when he's part of the, mo- like the secondary mob at the end. Oh, the one good scare line. He's like, hey, happy Halloween, Michael. Everyone deserves one good scare. Here's how that could have been easily fixed. Let me tell you, the, the, the difference between that being good and that being bad was that he didn't fucking fire his gun. He did. Exactly. He delivered the fucking action movie guy line and then just stood there. Yeah. Waiting for what? Yeah. I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> he's just, well, he's just, he's really old. He's probably a little senile. <laughs> Do you have anything else like pertinent that you want to add to uh, the, our di- diagnosis or dissection of this movie? Oh yeah, man, that that goddamn uh, car scene where they're all in the car at the playground and Michael uh-huh. runs up the back, recreating the, uh, the oh yeah the, scene from the original. Yeah, Halloween. yeah. I liked that on a certain level. Uh, the uh, the nurse guy he gets mm-hmm. fucking stabbed in the goddamn brain. And it is terrifying and disgusting. And then there, his girlfriend has a fucking desert eagle and is trying to kill Michael Myers with it. And Michael yeah. Myers pulls a some fucking John Wick move and kicks the door, yes. which hits her hand and twists the gun, and she shoots herself in the neck. Yes, that scene, like in a different movie, would be a cool. Would be cool. Like one. At no point are we established that she is like some sort of like weapons expert because she is also moving like John Wick does when she's like coming up on Michael, like unloading the clip at him. And then that kick when 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 that death when that, that happened, I audibly went like, "Oh shit!" You know, because it was kind of a wild, crazy kill, but like completely out of place. Yeah, it definitely it got a reaction from me as well. But yeah, it's totally fucking nonsense. <laughs> just, yeah, just another piece of the. The fucking absurd puzzle of this. But movie. I mean, maybe if, if that stuff wasn't in there, like these out of place things, 
uh, it, this would have been a much more bland movie. Yeah. You know, a, a movie that that's all it did was miss the mark. You know, this movie misses the mark like 80 times and then, you know, it throws so many darts at the wall that a, a, at least some of them hit and it, it looks cool, you know? Yep, yep. Um, I would 100% recommend this movie. Uh, even just talking about it now makes me want to go back and watch it again because it's such a zany like experience yeah to its credit there is a shitload of memorable scenes yeah yeah i was kind of i kind of like initially walked away being like wondering if i would have a similar response to like the 2018 one where i watched it a second time and like and was like okay that's better than i thought it was i don't think i'm going to think this is better than i thought it was but i think it's going to be even more fun you know in a second time around yeah, as a as a cinematic ride, uh, it definitely succeeds on that level. Yeah, it's an experience. It's a movie. Uh, I mean, because those movies are fun too. When you just watch something, you're like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" You don't just watch it; you survive it, <laughs> right? So yeah, under my final word on Halloween Kills is go for it. Yeah, do you think? that this movie would have been better in the theater. Yes. Absolutely. With a full crowd, 100%. Just a rowdy, raucous kind of experience. Yeah, well, I mean, like, obviously, like, uh, uh, going to the movie in the theater, like, the audience can sometimes ruin a movie. Um, or make or just distract from it if you know people are talking at the wrong spots or like I saw I I've, I know I've brought this up before but when I saw the witch in the theater the audience clearly thought they were going to see like uh, thought they were going to see something other than what the movie was like they were wanted like a saw type movie and got something completely different and there was people just being like what the fuck is this oh this is bullshit I paid money for this you know. Yeah. But if it's the right audience, a scary movie or a funny movie for that movie, for that matter, is funnier with a big audience. A scary movie is scarier with a big audience. People reacting to like crazy kills and stuff. You know, there's an energy that trend like diffuses from the screen to the audience and then back to you. You know, I think you're a hundred percent right on that. However, I disagree. Uh, I think that if I would have seen this movie in the theater, I would have been so annoyed because like I was saying, like my biggest gripe is the fact that it is loud and obnoxious compared to Mm. uh, the previous entry in the series. And uh, I would have gotten like real antsy and real annoyed. And uh, uh, I probably would have had a much, a much less friendly response, even though I had a lot of complaints. Um, yeah, I think it would have been 10 times more obnoxious. Although I do kind of wish I would have seen what the flashback sequence looked like on, on a, a big screen, on a movie theater screen versus yeah. a like a backlit TV cuz maybe it looks better. You know? Mm-hmm. Cuz if they're if they're screening the movie on a projector, you know, in a theater and looking at it and they're like, "Yeah, that looks fucking good." Maybe it does look a lot better and maybe I missed out on you know, that part by watching it, you know, digital streaming instead. So, 
It's possible. It's um, possible, but I'll never fucking know because I'm not going to yeah. go see. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that concludes this year's Trash Ween. It's this is a good. It's been fun. Uh, we'll be back next year to, to do the exact same thing where we just talk about the movies we would talk about anyway, but slap a new label on it. Yeah, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We give those discarded gems a, a second chance, and we're going to prove, come hell or high water, dadgummit, that there are no garbage movies, only garbage opinions. Unless that movie is Silent Hill. Oh, you're never going to let me live that down. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're like, we'll be like in our like geriatric stages, and I'll be like standing over your hospital bed, and I'll pinch... The uh, the air tube going to your nostrils, and you'll, and you'll be like, oh, "Why, why?" And I'll be like, "Silent Hill." Oh God, God. And then when you flatline, I'll be like, "Someone call a doctor. Get the doctor in here." And then it'll and be then a, t- it'll be a guy wearing Doctor Loomis makeup. Yeah, and then while he's just like pounding on your chest doing CPR, going, "Come on, make it all to slowly slink out of the room." With a sinister smile, and no one will ever see me again. It'll be like the evil. The evil is gone from here. <laughs> Tell me, exactly. is Elliot killed again? <laughs> Wait, you're the evil for making me watch that. I'm Loomis. I I put an end to the evil. You can't be Loomis. Somebody's got to be the doctor. Okay, you're right. You actually graduated from four years of college, oh so. My God. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, that's it. It's over. The, the Halloween's done. Keith, send us out. Happy Trashoween, everybody. Remember to always follow the rules. Keep those jack-o'-lanterns lit. Always check your candy. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone.